Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, this morning I want to start a new series and I've titled it, What is Your Calling? What is your calling? Look at your neighbor and tell them, what's my calling? How many here, just by a show of hands, know what you were created to do on this earth? Just raise your hand if you know what you were created to do. Okay, I see some hands, but, but guess what? Not all the hands go up. Not all, and you know why? Because most people don't know and struggle to find out what they were created to do. And that's just normal life for a lot of people. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. It's, it's, it's about discovering your calling. Now, as many of you know, many books have been written on this subject. You can go to any public library, any Christian bookstore, and find a gazillion books describing what you're calling, your purpose is, and so forth. And here's the thing, though. You're not going to find it within there's many books that say, well, you've got to look deep within, Rick. You've got to look in, and, and you'll find that inner you, and you'll get in touch with that inner you. And, and well, that's a, that's a belief, but that's not how you find your calling, your gifting, your purpose. Amen? Now, I want to tell you that you're never going to discover that if you choose to follow that path. You'll always be seeking something else. You'll always go from here to there always looking for it. What you have to look for, or the problem is that that we look to each other sometimes to discover what our purpose is, what our gifting is, what our calling is. And and that's one way to do that because how many know that you can go to your friends and they can tell you what you're good at? They can also tell you what you're not good at, right? How many here are not good singers? Raise your hand. Mine's up. Because I know I'm not a good singer, right? And some of you here know that you're not good singers. That's why you're not up here on Sunday mornings, amen? We want to use you in other ways. One of the things that we need to discover in order to be effective in the ministry or in our world, just in your life, is to discover how God Almighty created us. See, it starts with that. God Almighty created you and I, amen? Amen. He alone knows our passions, what makes us tick. After a while, if you've been married for any length of time, show of hands, who's been married longer than 20 years? Right here. So you get to know who and how your husband, how your spouse, your wife may tick. You may, you may know what gets her upset. You may know what ticks him off. And, and we try not to do those things, right? Because we know after a while But at the end of the day, we still don't know everything we need to know about that person. Only God Almighty does. He alone knows our passion. So in the same way, as we try to discover our calling, just like with anything, we need to have an owner's manual. How many know an owner's manual is a good thing? This is an owner's manual, the B-I-B-L-E. Um, you know, what basic instructions before leaving earth is the way some people describe it. The, the word of God. It's the word of God left for you and I. Amen? Amen. Now, everybody needs an owner's manual. You ever put together one of those crazy Ikea bookshelves that has a gazillion parts? And if you throw away that owner's manual, you are in for a long journey. How many have found that out? You, you, you got to hold on to that owner's manual. 
And it's a, it's a lot easier if you just open up the owner's manual from the beginning. Everyone needs a manual. Amen? Amen. When I was a young kid in high school, I had a manual. I'd go to him. He was my friend. I'd say, hey, manual, how do you do this? Just kidding. All joking aside, we all need to focus on the manual of life, which is the Bible. It took me 48 years to figure out my purpose, my calling. 48 years before I enrolled in Global University, which is an outreach of Assemblies of God to educate and train ministers. But it took me 48 years. I mean, I look back and think how much more effective I could have been if I would have just paid more attention when I was younger. And sometimes we know that we can run away from what God has called us. How many know you can, if God has given you a gift, the Bible says his gifts are what? Irrevocable. He doesn't ever take them back. He doesn't ever snag them back from you. If he's given you a talent, a gift, it's for you forever. We may choose to walk away from it, to not walk in that purpose, in that calling, but he'll never take away that gifting. He'll never take it away. And, and I knew that. And, and so for 48 years, you know, I wasn't a believer. I didn't grow up in this. It wasn't until my late 20s that I became a believer. And then it took me another few years to figure it out. And that's just how adults are. Sometimes we, we try to figure it out on our own. But 48 years to figure my, my purpose out. But I can honestly tell you now that after I have discovered my calling, I live with more purpose. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life doing what I do now. Amen? There's nothing like fulfilling the purpose that God has for you in your life. Amen? I know my calling. And this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is, do you know your calling? Do you know what that is? Because we're going to begin this series on discovering what that is. You may not get it by the end of this sermon what that calling is. But I want you to begin to think of that as we start this new year. What, Lord, did you create me on this earth for? Amen? If you'll just stand with me for the reading of our one verse. That's our uh, practice here. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. And I have it on your outline. If you didn't bring a Bible or an electronic device. Jeremiah 29 11 in the NIV, New International Version, says it this way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your promises endure forever. They're eternal. They're unchanging. Father, you've declared that you have a plan and a purpose to give us a hope and a future. And that includes everyone here today. So, Father... I just pray that, Lord, we would begin that journey. If we are not there yet in having discovered what that calling is, what those talents are, what that gifting is, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes, our ears, to be able to see that and to be able to claim it and hold on to that in our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Isn't God good? And all the time? He is good. Amen. Let me start off with point number one this morning. Do you know your calling, your purpose? Do you know that? Uh, again, when I asked you to raise your hands, there were probably just a third of you that raised your hands. The majority don't know. And I'm looking at adults, okay? And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But, 
But we should be on that journey to discover what is it that I was created for. Amen? And here's one thing I want to convey is I believe everybody was created to minister to others. That means to help others. Not necessarily preaching the Word of God because some people have a misconception. They think, well, minister, that means preaching the Word of God up here to people. No, no. That's a facet of it. There are many ways to minister. Loving. Just giving somebody a hug and saying, hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, I, was, I prayed for you. Hey, how are you doing? Bringing over a meal to them. That's ministering to them. How many know that? And the Lord even describes that in the New Testament. Jesus said, you know, where, did you clothe the naked? Did you feed the homeless and so forth? And that's our job. That's our task. That's what we are to do as ministers in addition to this, what you see in the church. Amen? Amen. Now, here's what happens without knowing your purpose. Life will seem tiresome, tiresome. And I'm going to go through some things here. And that may be describing your life. And that may be because you haven't found that gifting yet, that calling. Lord, what is my calling? Why was I created on this earth? Because I want to remind you here, you weren't created just to exist. None of you here were created just to exist. You have a purpose, a plan in your life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and this is uh, on the back of your outline. I have the scriptures there. It says, The sun still rises and it still goes down. The wind blows round and round and back again. Every river flows into the sea. Then the water returns to where the rivers begin and starts all over again. Everything leads to weariness. Weariness, just that word should make your shoulders slump like this. Feel like you have a weight on your back. Just that word alone. But have you ever got... Got caught in life and going, oh man, here I go again. It's Wednesday, it's Thursday, and I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm so tired. It's not even the end of the week yet. Right? We, we've all caught ourselves doing that. But life shouldn't be that way every single day. Life lived without a calling, without purpose, leads to being tired all the time. Tired. How many know, raise your hand right now, those of you that raised your hands earlier that know your calling, how many know that even though you're, you may be working hard doing what you know that you're called to do, it's fun, it's passionate, you enjoy it, right? Yeah. And, and it's not as tiring, right? I mean, at the end of the day, yes, you physically may be tired, but in that process, it's enjoyable, it's rewarding, because God designed you with a gifting, with a calling, amen? Now... Here's the other thing, point num or number two on do you know your calling and purpose? Without knowing your purpose, life will seem unfulfilling. So tiresome, unfulfilling. Living a life, I, I, you know, I used to live a life that was unfulfilling. You know, before I became a believer, my life was, it's all about the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend, the party to start. That, that's what life was all about. But Monday rolls around and then you repeat the same thing the next week, and then the next week, and then you realize life is very unfulfilling that way. There is no purpose to life if that's all you're chasing, is that, that next high, that next, you know, whatever it may be for you. Life is very unfulfilling. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1, 
and verses 8 and 9, no matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. Nothing is truly new. You ever heard the, the, uh, the adage, there's nothing new under the sun? That's where it comes from right there. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing you'll ever see or hear is new. It's, it's just spun around in a different way. But life can be very unfulfilling when you don't know your purpose or calling. And that's not, a, that's not what God designed you and I to be or how to function. How many know that? You get, you get that this morning? Amen. And then number three, without knowing your purpose, life will seem uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. Say that word with me, uncontrollable. How many like to be out of control? No, nobody does. But that's what happens when you live for the weekend. All of a sudden that Saturday night comes and you're out of control. You're out of control. And, oh, I won't even go there. Many situations that are just out of control. They spin out of control. It could be not only you, your doings, but it could be your finances. Out of control. You're going, how in the world did I get here? How am I so upside down? How, how did I fall so far behind? It could be life itself. It could be your job. It could be personal relationships. Out of control. How did I get from a loving relationship to this place where we don't even talk anymore? Things are out of control. And that's what happens when you don't know your calling or purpose. Because when you do have, or when you're in touch with your calling and purpose, you know how to combat those things. Amen? Now, let me tell you point number two here. And I'm going to go through these quickly this morning. Number two, the benefits of knowing your calling and purpose. Again, I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt, with all my heart, that every single one of you, I don't care how young you are, have a calling. You do. You have a calling. You're good at something that your neighbor, elbow your neighbor right now, right now and tell them you're good at something that they're not because that's the truth every one of you are good at something and somebody else is better than you in something else that's just life but we need to discover what those talents are and how to use them for the kingdom of God yeah. amen amen so here I want you to listen to what the the great apostle Paul said again this is this is Saul of Tarsus who was later converted. He was a, he was a, a, a Jewish uh, man of God that, that persecuted the early church. He killed Christians. And then he had this great conversion experience in the book of Acts chapter 9 where Jesus got a hold of him. How many have, have allowed Jesus to get a hold of you? Amen? Has Jesus gotten a hold of you? Amen. Well, here in this case... He becomes the great apostle who's given credit for writing 13 of the epistles in the New Testament. 13 of the 27 books he wrote. A guy that used to kill Christians, right? And we look up to him. So here he is. And check his words out now as he reads, as he says this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all that I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. Everybody say one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past 
and looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up in heaven. Oh my goodness, there's so much good stuff right there. There's so much meat there and potatoes in, that, in those verses there. But, but notice the one thing I, I want to get your attention to. The one thing, forgetting the past. How many want to forget about the past? You want to forget about the past and look towards the future. Amen. That's what Paul, and here he's a mature adult. The Bible doesn't say how old he was, but here's a mature adult now realizing that, hey, I need to forget about the past, about all the hurts, hang-ups, and, and all the things that have affected my life, and look forward to the future, which is the one thing that God is calling me to do. Amen. I will strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Now, notice in verse 13, again, he says, he says, uh, let me read this again. I've, I lost the verse here. It says here, I will strain to, or forgetting the past, and look forward to what lies ahead. Amen? So what he's saying here is, number one, knowing the purpose of your life will give you meaning will give you meaning. See, when you live your life without purpose, there is no meaning. Uh, I, I have a, a co-worker that, uh, and he may listen to this online later, who knows. Hey, how's it going, co-worker? So, at any rate, we have a discussion. He's an unbeliever. He's an atheist. And so, he knows that. I know that. And so, we have some interesting conversations. We don't debate because it's pointless Debating, arguing with somebody that doesn't believe like you. But he is closed off to believing um, uh, 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 the Bible or that God exists. So when I've asked him, so what's the purpose of life? Well, we're just born and then we die. That's his basic answer. We're born and then we die. And we do what we do here on this earth and that's the best of it. Wow, really? That's a sad existence, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, they can be fruitful in, on their life here, which is what the Bible describes, just a, just, a, just a blink of an eye. Your life here is a blink of an eye in terms of eternity. Amen. In terms of eternity. What we do here on this earth is so tiny in comparison to eternity. Yet people like my coworker will say, well, this is all there is. They're going to be in for a rude awakening Unless they wake up here in this life. Amen? Amen? And again, knowing the purpose of your life will give you meaning. That is why Paul could say, I am focusing all my purpose, all my energies on this one thing. Yeah. See, you come to a point in your, time, in your life where you say, Lord, what I used to do, I no longer want to do it. Lord, I see the calling. I see the gifting. I see the purpose you've given me in my life. That is what I want to pursue now. And for many of you now, you're pursuing that. Some of you are just beginning that journey. Some of you have yet to discover that journey. Number two, knowing the purpose of your life will simplify your life. Because we make our life so complicated. We, we get so tangled up with things in our life because of things that we cause. And we create. We create chaos wherever we go sometimes. The, the Bible, again... Referring to what Paul said here, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That is what God wants us constantly to be thinking of. He wants us to be thinking of eternity is what he wants us to be thinking of.
The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and verse 3, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm, who remain steady, who remain consistent, who remain steadfast. No matter what comes your way, you're going to continue. You're going to fight. You're going to continue to pray. You're going to continue to attend church. You're going to continue to uplift those around you, encourage those around you. Amen? Amen. So we have meaning when we know our purpose. Our life will become simplified because we know what we should focus on rather than looking to the next weekend and the great plans. And and if that's all your life is about, I feel sorry for you this morning. Number three, knowing the purpose of your life will focus your life. How many want to be focused in their life? Do you want your children to be focused on their life as they grow, as they mature? Of course you do. Your Heavenly Father wants you to focus on your life as well. Yeah. Now, what I mean by that, the Bible again, Jeremiah 29, 11, the scripture that we read, our sermon text. If, if Raquel can put that up on the screen. The Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, if you know that the Lord Almighty has his best interest, your best interest for you, why would you choose not to follow that? Why would you choose anything otherwise? The Lord is saying, if you focus on this right here, your life will become focused, better focused. Amen? Amen. He, he gives us a hope and a future. And number four, knowing the purpose of your life will motivate me. When you have your calling, and when you, when you know what your calling is, it motivates you. I get motivated to speak on Sundays. I work a full-time job during the week, but that doesn't stop me from being motivated to, to study. Um, I still lo- I love to study. I love to read. I, so it comes natural for me to want to open up the Bible and read. But I love to study about the things of God because you think you, just because you've read the Bible, and I've read it dozens of times, doesn't mean you know the entire Bible. It just it doesn't work that way. I keep learning consistently, constantly, every time I open up the Word. Every time I read the same scriptures, God shows me in a different light, okay, how that might be applying to me today. Because that same scripture that you read today may speak to you in a different way six months from now because of what you're going through. How many have seen that? Amen? I was sharing with somebody on Facebook, they were talking about, Losing their son, and as you all know, I lost my son. It's going to be 20 years later this this year. 20 years, if you can believe that, those of you that knew him. But one of the things that we were talking about is that that people don't realize and don't don't know the pain somebody goes through unless you've experienced that pain. Um, those of you that are going through a trial right now, a season, a trial, nobody else can understand that trial unless it's another person that's gone through a similar circumstance. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? You can say, I'm, I sympathize with you, I'm sorry, but that person knows you don't know the pain, the anguish, and, and it's sincere, they understand that, but when you connect with another person that understands, you know it, you feel it, you hear it, you sense it. And that was what I was sensing and, and have spoken about with this brother of mine on, on Facebook, and he knows that pain and he sympathizes and I know he can relate to that. 
And, and life is that way. Amen? Life is that way. But here's the thing. When, when we discover our purpose, it motivates us. It motivates us to do and accomplish the will of God in our life. Amen? And I don't want you to run from it. I want you to run to it. Don't ever be fearful of what God has given you. Don't ever be fearful of talents He's given you. Don't run from it. Run to it. Embrace it. Amen? Amen. And then here's our third point. The consequences of not knowing your calling or purpose or not living in your calling and purpose. Because many of you here, and my brother-in-law, he can share one another time, but um, he knows his calling. He knows his gifting. But there was a time where he wasn't operating in that gifting and that calling, and he chose to not walk away from it, but not walk in it. He chose not to walk in it. And he'll, he'll share with you another time what that means when you walk away from what you know to be your passion, to what God has called you to do, and then to come back and walk in it, what that does to you. What that does to you spiritually, physically, I mean psychologically, the, the whole gamut. God knows what he's doing, amen? God knows what he's doing. So again, the consequences of not knowing your calling or purpose, well, the very first thing was, Life will seem tiresome. Life will seem unfulfilling. Life will seem uncontrollable. Those three things, if that describes your life today, come see me after service. We'll pray. Amen. You and I will pray together. But life shouldn't be that way 24-7. Yes, are we going to have days that are tiresome? Yes. Are we going to have some days that are unfulfilling? Yes. Are we going to have days that are uncontrollable? Yes. That's, that's nature. That's the natural part of, of just living in this world. But that shouldn't be your existence. God created you for a greater existence than that. It shouldn't be that you're rolling around every day going, here I go again, another day. Off to work I go, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And, you know, all the things that we know to be true, except those of you that are fortunately retired now. I won't talk to you. And <laughs> that's this side of the... <laughs> but you know what I mean? God has a plan for you. God created you to live in a way that you can minister and meet needs around you. Amen? God didn't create you so that you could just be a blessing to yourself. Be a blessing just to me, me, because it's not about you. Have you figured that out? Life is not about you. Life is about those around you. Amen? Life is about those around you. You have, were not designed just to exist in this life, just to show up to church, hear music, hear, hear a pastor's sermon and walk away and, and then have no impact in your life and just do it all over again. That's not life. That's not living. That's not living. Amen? God has a greater a calling and a purpose for you. And so again, most of us struggle to identify what that is. Right now, there's some of you that are thinking really hard what that purpose is in your life. Others of you have discovered what that purpose is. Right right now, I I just sense that there's people in here trying to figure out what is it, Lord, you're calling me to do? What is it that you've gifted me to do? Here's one quick way to discover what that is. You know, the owner's manual, number one. But number two, people will tell you. People will also tell you what you're not good at, right? Right? You know, I, I heard somebody say recently, they were singing, 
they were singing and here in church and all of a sudden they, 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 they look back and, and all of a sudden somebody's going like, oh, you know, kind of shaking their head, you know. I know that happens all the time here when I sing, but, you know, people will tell you what you're good at and what you're not. Amen? Amen. God created you to flourish in some capacity, in some area, with your time, your talents, and your treasures. Everybody has those three things given to them. Time, talents, and treasures. Everybody has 82,400 seconds a day, and you can't gain one more second or one less. You have the same as I do every day. What you do with that is up to you. Amen? I'm good with numbers, Martin. I'm good with numbers. (laughs) Babe Ruth, 714 home runs. Anyways, let's keep going. Most of us struggle with this process of of discovering what our purpose is. Paul, the apostle, he had a clear understanding of God's purpose. The Bible says that when he was first Saul, he was a tent maker. But, you know, as as he progressed in the New Testament and followed the uh, disciples of Jesus, because he came on the scene after Jesus had resurrected, he wasn't one of the original disciples. I'm not sure if you all knew that. But again... Paul, I'm sure he supplemented his income by sewing up tents along the way. He made his income by sewing up tents. That's what he was, a tent maker. Amen? Paul, Paul was able to say, I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. On this one thing. He was turning his back on the past. And especially with him, he used to kill Christians. He used to persecute them. He was turning his back on that past. And it doesn't matter if you today here haven't killed Christians or persecuted them. Maybe you just haven't been living in your purpose, in your calling. It's not too late today to begin to focus on that one thing that God has called you to do. Amen? Let me ask you this question this morning. If you could discover God's purpose for your life right now, this moment, how would it help you to focus or simplify your life this morning? What would it mean to you? What would it ch- how would it challenge you? What would it change? I want you to, I, I'm challenging you today to, to begin to focus on those gifts, that calling, amen? Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11 says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. What that means is He wants us to live, you and I, men and women, with eternity in mind. In other words, The decisions I'm making spiritually, physically, how are they going to impact me eternally? The decisions I make today will impact you eternally. I promise you they will. But how? if we can all live to, to, to believe that and think that way, how is this choice going to impact my eternity? And what, why that's important is because, and I'm going to get ahead of myself, is God will, as believers, still... Have a, we will have a judgment seat of Christ. We won't be judged like unbelievers, but we will be judged with what He gave us. And let me read this scripture to you found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. I believe we have this for you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Everybody say, in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. The Bible is very clear. Jesus is saying here, 
don't lay up your treasures here. And, and don't get me wrong, it's great to build up that 401k. It's great to build up your, your pension. That's wonderful. Uh, I hope you do build it up. But don't put all your eggs in that basket and think that that's your future. That's your hope. Your hope is found in Christ. Amen? Because one bad day on the Dow Jones and say bye-bye to the 401k. Amen? I've had that happen with years ago. Mine went from, it lost 50% one day. You know, and, and that happens. So where's your trust in today? Are you putting your trust in the things of this earth? Or are you putting your trust in the things of God? Amen. So what that tells us is this morning, I'm beginning to close here this morning. On that day, we're all going to have to stand and give a personal account to God. All of us. And what I mentioned earlier about this judgment seat of Christ. He's going to ask us as believers really two things. And I want you to make sure you have this in here in your mind. And that you understand this. He's going to ask you, number one, what did you do with my son Jesus Christ? In other words, did you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Did you trust him? Did you follow him in your life? And then number two, he's going to ask you, what did you do? with the gifts, the talents I gave you. I remember the, the parable of the talents. Those that, some that buried it, some that used it and doubled them. Really, that's describing us, you and I, today. God has blessed each one of us with a gifting, with talents, amen? Now, it's up to us to discover what that is through His Word and how to use that in this world, in this present world. Because the judgment seat of Christ, and that's a whole other sermon, that's going to determine how we get to spend eternity. There, there's, there's different facets to heaven. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. Just making it is, is a great relief, right? To know as a believer that I've put all my trust in Jesus and I get to go to heaven because I accepted the Lord uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I get to go to heaven. Secondly, the Lord is going to judge us on our time, our talents and treasures. What did you do with what I gave you? Amen? Amen. You know, I love the fact, I'm going to brag about Ivy this today. I love the fact that she stepped up and said, I want to lead a Bible study. I love that. Now, that doesn't mean every one of you need to lead a Bible study. No. And I don't want everybody in here to lead a Bible study. Because that may not be your gifting. You may cause people to run away and never come back. But, but as a pastor, it brings me great joy to see her just come up and say, I want to lead a Bible study. I mean, how sweet is that? It, for me, it doesn't get better than that. To see my daughters working in ministry. To see a young man like Nigel stepping up there and say, yeah, I want to learn about sound. He was over at our house on youth night, Friday night. And he was saying, hey... Uh, can I learn piano? And sure, we, uh, Bianca started teaching them piano there in our, in our living room. Those are the types of things that if God has gifted you musically, use it to bless the ministry here. Yeah. Amen? If God has blessed you to speak, use it to, to, to testify about the Lord. You don't have to say a sermon up here. You can uh, lead a Bible study. If God has blessed you with a home to facilitate a Bible study, you may not want to teach it, but you can host a group, then that's a great blessing. All that is a great blessing. As you know, we only have this auditorium on Sunday mornings, so we use my home on Wednesdays and other 
homes in our congregation, to me, that's a great blessing to us. Amen? If God has used you and blessed you vocally, some of you signed up. We had the dream team sign-ups a few weeks ago, and you signed up. And hopefully we, you've made a, a, a note of that, and we want to get you up here. We want you to, to start playing and, and singing and so forth. But there's many other giftings back there with kids, rotating, rotating. I don't want somebody stuck doing something forever. I want people rotating and growing. Amen? Grow in the calling and the purpose that God has given you. So I want to challenge you today at the beginning of this year to begin to focus on that, to begin to look to the Bible, to begin to recall all those things that people have been saying. Hey, Garland, you're, you're good at this. Hey, May, you're, I see that you do this very well. Whatever it may be. And then if that's the case... And if that lines up, God's gifted you with that. Yes. God has gifted you with that. Begin to use that in ministry. Let's serve this year with purpose. Let's serve this year through our calling. Amen? Yes. And, and as I challenged you last week, we want to continue to be an outreach here to our, to our city, American Canyon. As my brother-in-law as well said, invite somebody next week. Bring them here. If everybody just invited one person, I mean, we wouldn't have enough chairs. That's just a simple fact. But we want to go to another building if that's the case. Let's keep growing. Not, not so that this church is just bigger. We want to be effective in reaching other people that don't know Christ. I want to reach those people that don't know Christ yet, that they can begin a relationship with Christ, that they can begin to discover what their calling, their purpose in life is all about, so that they don't have to just live 24-7, one day after another, the same old thing again and again and again. So again, invite somebody. Will you invite somebody? Yeah. And bring them here. Amen? Yeah. Let's, uh, we're going to close out in prayer this morning. And, and Martin's going to lead us in a, in a song this morning. And uh, won't you stand this morning as we close? Father God, we thank you. Lord, we love you. You are wonderful, mighty to be praised. And Father, there, there again, you have gifted us. You've given us a gift, a purpose, a calling. Lord, help us all to be able to discover what that may be. Lord, that we can be effective ministers, because really we are ministers. All of us are. And it's what we do every day in reaching out to other people, being kind to them, being loving to them, being forgiving to them. Lord, just as you would have done. So, Lord, I pray, God, help us to discover what those gifts are in these next few weeks as we continue this series. And I pray that, Lord, for every single person here today, from the youngest to the oldest. And we give you thanks and praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.